Welcome to the Age on the Go podcast. I'm your host, Jason Allen. I'm a four-year farmer's agent located in Colleyville, Texas. Um, this is a great podcast if you are interested in entrepreneurship, leaving the corporate world, or you just want to meet interesting people. Um, today, this person, our guest, has all three of those things, and she's phenomenal. She's one of my favorite people. Um, so I want to give her the proper introduction. She is originally from Richardson, Texas. She currently lives in the great city of Grapevine, Texas. Not married, no kids, um, but she is the owner, operator, general manager. She does it all for the usual art specs. My guest today is Miss Sarah Solly. Sarah, hello. Welcome. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here today. Thank you for being here. Also, if no one knows, um, she was my uh, one of my colleagues in the Leadership Grapevine class, uh, the greatest class ever, class of 2022, 2023. So um, that's how we know. Well, that's how we got to know each other, but we've known each other for a while. Um, but you have a great story, and I want people to know all about this because I'm a, I'm a believer in this cause. Uh, I'm a contributor to this cause, um, and I just want to get the word out there and people to know about you and how you kind of started this. So the usual art specs, um, for those people that don't know, what is it? What is the usual art specs? Well, um, we are a local nonprofit organization here in Grapevine, and in a nutshell, we provide healing psychotherapy resources for survivors of not only just sexual abuse now, but also domestic violence. And our main program is art therapy. All right, perfect. So how did you how did you get into this field? What were you doing before the usual art specs? Um, well, it really was before the pandemic. I was actually in the service industry. And in 20, I'm, I'm not sure how many people know this, but I was following it pretty heavy. Um, the statistics for abuse in the household just skyrocketed like crazy. So women were in need of space, safe spaces. They were in need of support, you know, resources surrounding any type of abuse. And many women either could not afford therapy because they had lost their jobs. And the ones that could didn't have access to therapists during the lockdown because this was like before Zoom really took off. So I created just a free little casual online support group through Meetup. I had no idea at the time that that was actually going to be one of the first steps towards creating a nonprofit. Hmm. And I hosted the group for over two years. But even just after one year, I became so invested in these ladies' stories. And when the COVID mandates were lifted around spring of 2021, I started the usual art specs, but just as an LLC and an art market business. And we held vendor markets and art shows all around DFW because people were so excited about getting out again. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was just all about the art at the time. But then at the end of 2021, I wanted to combine my two passions, which were art and the art show business. And then also the survivors of abuse that I had been uh, working with for the past year. So at the end of December, I officially filed for the organization to become a nonprofit. And then that funding that we were receiving from the shows helped us really in the beginning provide that outline, um, you know, for getting the program started for the nonprofit. Gotcha. So when you started this, like you said, you were just kind of doing art shows and art markets and things like that. Um, 
how did that come about? Like, how did you find people to partner with? How did you get those off the ground? Because like you said, you went from just an online internet kind of group where some people can get together and talk about their experiences to now I'm going to do this outwardly now that COVID's kind of lifting. So how did you get that process started? So um, even though I was working full-time in the restaurant industry, I also am an artist myself. I do abstract splatter art. So I had been doing art shows myself in Dallas and Fort Worth and Arlington. So I had a little bit of a database and some friends and some mentors from doing those events that really helped pave the path for me and kind of tell, tell me, okay, this is how you book an event. You want to make sure you've got an application and just really helped help me in those beginning stages. Gotcha. So now we go from, I guess, the the art markets to now a full blown program. So what does what does your program entail? What do you how do you help these women with their situations and their their life circumstances? Well, like I said, the since we are so new, our, our main program that we're just kind of focusing on is art therapy. And a lot of people ask me, what exactly is art therapy? So it's it's kind of hard to answer. It's <laughs> not, I think most people sometimes just still like art crafts and it's just very casual uh but no it is a proven psychotherapy so it's kind of like asking somebody you know well what do you do in a counseling session Hmm. well that's really hard to answer besides counseling is talk therapy so this is art therapy so you're just using different tools and different mediums to express those emotions and it's so effective specifically for trauma survivors because sometimes they're left so you know, in these states of shock, and it kind of gives a voice to the voiceless. If they're not able to verbalize their feelings, and they're stuck in the the shock and the freeze and the fawn trauma responses, I'm not sure if you've heard of those, mm-hmm. or the um, fight or flight or something like that, they're just not mm-hmm. maybe able to verbalize it in the way that they'd like to. So that's why art and art therapy can be so effective. Gotcha. Now, do you work with psychologists and psychiatrists in conjunction or do you, do you kind of run all this on your own? Oh, no, we hire. <laughs> I, I am definitely not qualified <laughs> to be teaching art therapy. We hire either master's level or PhD level certified art therapists. So they are the best of the best in DFW. Okay, perfect. So now that we've started this, you've been doing this for a little bit. You, a lot of aspects to this job. What is what is your favorite part of this business? What is your favorite part of running a business? Um, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of trial and errors, mm-hmm. but I would just say it, what keeps me going is the impact that we have. You know, this this unfortunately affects one in two women. One in two women will need the services that we provide. And so that means half the entire female population of the U.S. alone unfortunately, will be sexually abused in their lifetime. And I know it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have, but those are the facts that we're looking at. And to see those metrics from our programs and to see a reduction in these ladies' mental health symptoms, which is everything from anxiety and depression and PTSD, to see those actually decreasing and see you know, with my own eyes, what we're doing is actually working. That's probably my favorite part right there. Okay. Perfect. So now, obviously we all have our favorite parts about running a business. What is your least favorite part about running a business? <laughs> um, That's a good question. I think 
mostly, I guess I just feel so overwhelmed a lot of the time that, cause I am wearing a lot of different hats mm-hmm. that there maybe aren't enough hours in the day to do everything I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think time management and prioritizing are definitely some things I could work on. Another challenge would be learning to kind of let go of your initial tunnel vision and your expectations. So I have been humbled time and time again, <laughs> just these past few years, um, having to learn no matter how bulletproof your plan, there are going to be so many factors outside of your control that may prevent the outcome that you want, or at the very least the roadmap on how you originally planned to get that outcome. Absolutely. Yep. Nope. I've experienced the exact same things um, in my, my time as uh, running in my own business. Now, who you have a team, obviously you have people that you reach out to, to help you run this business. Who, who do you currently have that helps you? How have you kind of broken up? Do you have departments? Do you have people that just handle certain tasks for you? How, how have you structured things to keep yourself sane? <laughs> that is a great question. Yes. Uh, we have a wonderful board of directors for starters. And we also have a art director named Shawnee Darling, who has just been incredible. She has really this year completely taken over the art shows. So I'm able to focus on our program and our grant writing and and all these other things that I wasn't really able to do last year. Mm-hmm. So she's just been phenomenal uh, to work with. I, I told her after I trained her at the beginning of the year, like a month in, I'm like, you're already better than I was <laughs> doing this for years. Like you've already exceeded me. Mm-hmm. You don't need my help at all. Um, she's, she's phenomenal. And then of course we have our art therapist. We have about three that we rotate for different programs and they're wonderful to work with. And then my father, actually Robert Solly, he is our director of organizational strategies. Okay. And what is, so what does he do as, what is the director of organizational strategies do? That is quite the title. (laughs) It's funny. I had to let him pick it because I'm like, what do you think you do? Rule number one, you never (laughs) let the people pick their own title, but that's okay. You let him, it's dad. I get it. He's got to have, he's got to have some skin in the game. So what is, what does he do as that role? He organizes our strategies. No, (laughs) um, He does so, so much. In the beginning, he was really helping me with um, branding and kind of our our logo and things on the the website. And then he just actually started learning more and more about A, all the studies and the benefits of art therapy, and B, the statistics of the women that had been abused and their lifelong symptoms. And he just got so much more invested. He's like, I want to do more. So we he takes on a lot of my meetings for me which is huge he's like our biggest cheerleader and he also helps like make the the flyers you know he's very technical he does a lot he's very humble so he doesn't like to be in front of anything too much but he does so we can't get him on this podcast it might be like pulling teeth okay but he does so much in the background for us okay excellent now you mentioned the art shows and I thought this was a fantastic concept when we when I first met you a couple of years ago, we were talking about this. So I want everyone to know about the art shows and the impact that that has and kind of the process, because you said something really interesting about what happens with the art. That was one of the first questions I think I asked you is what happens with the art that these women produce and, and make and create? So I would like you to tell people about the art shows in particular. So. The art shows are, again, they're a little bit separate from the the women that are in our programs, Mm -hmm. right? So 
the women in our programs, our therapy is all about the process. So you're not really looking to design something that you want to hang on your wall. It's mm -hmm. all about the experience. And um, some of the women do like to keep their artwork. Others actually will like kind of, did I, do we talk about this? Yep. That they'll, they can burn it. Yep. They can go outside and hit it against the tree. I've seen that after a session. And to them, that's very therapeutic and others just want to toss it in the trash because they're like, wow, I just needed that release. And now I'm done. And I don't want to look at this ever again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that is again, kind of the art therapy with our programs. Now the artists that do our art and vendor markets a lot of them have come to me and mentioned that they are survivors themselves. And that's actually why they choose to partner with us versus other vendor markets in the area. But uh, we accept anybody that's basically a small business owner, an artist or an artisan. Just we try to stay away from MLMs. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, if you're local and it's something that you've crafted with your own hands and blood and sweat and tears, we would love to have you at, at the markets. Awesome. Fantastic. So, now you've been doing this for a while. It's almost, what's it? Almost been four years, I guess. So you've probably learned a lot about starting a business, running a business. What would you, if someone came to you and be like, Sarah, I love your story. I want to do something similar. What would you recommend they do? What's the first step? That's a great question. I would definitely say having a good amount of funding and financial support before doing literally anything else mm -hmm. <laughs> would be for me transitioning that art show business that was thriving at the time into a nonprofit was probably the one smart thing I did. You know, now we have this residual income supporting us, whether we get the big grant or we have a big donor each month, we can at the very least count on those funds coming in. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Now, in terms of running the business, what do you recommend? Because obviously it's hard to be a one-man shop. I learned that the mm -hmm. hard way. You got to get a good team behind you. What would you recommend about actually running the business um, for people that are looking to start one? I would recommend don't just fill positions to fill them, whether that's employee positions, board positions, or even volunteers. As a startup, people are going to flake. That's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that it's better to have a smaller and truly dependable, really passionate team than maybe a larger team whose hearts are just not in it. So always remember kind of quality over quantity. I think it's really okay to be selective and picky because this is your business. This is your baby that you're building from scratch, from nothing, from the ground up. So you kind of want to protect it in, in a way. Gotcha. No, makes complete sense. So now that you're running a business, you know, for your business owner, you're doing your own thing. You got to have some fun. You got to have some downtime. What, what are your hobbies? What do you, what do you like to do when you're not running this, this flourishing nonprofit organization? Um, as I mentioned, I, I am an artist, so I do love to paint, but now that does kind of overlap into my work as well. So <laughs> I just enjoy you know, doing anything that's kind of creative and fun. M music and comedy are two of my love language. So love languages. So I love to find new bands, go to concerts, go to comedy shows, make silly videos. At one time, I even had a whole YouTube channel dedicated to an alter ego personality. All so right, just... Nope, nope. I didn't know about this. Now we're just not. <laughs> who, who, you see, we always learn new things on the podcast. Who is this alter ego personality and why? why did we stop? It 
we stopped because it was just pretty time consuming, you know, editing videos, but her name is Cheryl Cuckoo and she can tell your fortune and she can read the fortune of any dead celebrity as well. Who was her favorite dead celebrity that she read the fortune of? Freddie Mercury, hands down. Oh, okay. So what, what was the, what did she say about Freddie Mercury? Well, he came to visit her during one of her visions because he was really upset about the movie that came out with, um, what's his face? Uh, oh, God. I'm, oh, I, I can just see teeth. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Rami Malek. The ro- that's it. Yes. Rami I was going to say the, the robot guy, yes. right? He's in the- yes. Yeah. So Freddie, unfortunately, was very unsettled by that. Not a fan? That, no. So he came back with a lot to say about that movie. I I think a lot of people came back with a lot to say about that movie. So that's okay. All right. (laughs) Um, Now, I asked you before um, we came on about an interesting fact about yourself. And you said that you are actually a published author. So tell us a little about that. What how how was that process for you? That the writing process was actually really fun. It's the publishing process. It's not very (laughs) fun. Gotcha. So what what what, what book did, was it that you wrote? The thing I did after college was I wrote a book. Okay. So the book is called Tales of a Sevi. Okay. There's a little delay. Um, the book is called Tales of a Sevi, and Sevi is actually a nickname for seventh graders, and it's just a really lighthearted. Is that a thing? Book. Is that really the a nickname for a seventh grader? It was where I grew up. Apparently. A lot of people don't know about it because I get that question a lot. I have no idea. My daughter's going to seventh grade. Had no idea. I'm going to call her a Sevi and see if she knows what that is. Okay, continue, please. So tell us about Tales of a Sevi. Yeah, it's just, um, so it's told through a series of handwritten notes through about four different best friends. And each character has their own font, kind of like a different handwriting. So you know who's passing the note. And overall, again, it's just really fun. It's very lighthearted. All the girls are talking about the new boys they're going to school with. They're talking about how strict their teachers are and the, the differences between elementary and junior high. But then there there are some deeper tones there, too. There's uh, they encounter a few bullies and the administration, unfortunately, and the teachers aren't doing anything to help them. So they have to get creative and take matters into their own hands. So it's actually pretty empowering for for a seventh grade book, I think. Awesome. Where can we find this book? It sounds like something my daughter would like. So I'm going to pick this up for her. It's great for ages like between 10 to 14. Okay. After 14, they probably think they're too cool for it. I think at probably 10, they probably think they're too cool for it, but that's okay. (laughs) It it is a different world than I grew up in. So that's probably true. Um, But yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Okay, perfect. I'm going to write this down. Find it on Amazon. Perfect. Now, what do you foresee for yourself in say the next five years where do you think the usual art specs will be do you think maybe you'll write another book in the next five years what are are your goals what are your plans I definitely want to expand our programs we are in the works of creating a prevention education program for children and for parents that we hope to get in local libraries and in front of local school boards as well And then besides art therapy, there are a lot of studies slowly coming out about how effective dance therapy can be, music therapy, and even comedy improv and theater therapy. Mm -hmm. So I would love to have a different program for each of these different types of therapies because healing is not linear. So, you know, if maybe art therapy works for you one day, a few weeks or a few months from now, a same one of the same clients might respond 
to another type of, of therapy, basically. So we would just love to have all those different options. Awesome. Fantastic. So now what I want to do, and you know all about this, but for our listeners at home that might not know about this, we like to do a lightning round. Um, we like to ask a couple of interesting questions, a little bit more get to know you before we wrap up. Um, so the standard question that we ask everyone is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Huh. I don't like where this is going already. I mean, I don't really think so. Maybe okay. not, but no, we're done. But That's it... the correct answer. The correct oh. answer is no. It's always okay. no. A hot dog is a hot dog. Okay. Now, but now a new question is a hamburger a sandwich? I think so. Mm, you're one of those people. Okay. That's fair. All right. I think it's more the shape of it just makes me think of a sandwich okay. more. Um, question number two, are you more of a fan of talking or texting on the phone? Oh, texting for sure. If somebody tries to call me, I'm like, it better be an emergency. Such a millennial. Such a millennial. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? I think I'm a great driver. I would say like a nine. I've never been in an accident. You're talking like to an was... insurance agent. I can pull your credit, your insurance score. Do I need to go check for it? it? Okay. The only times I've been in an accident was somebody hit me from behind. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, first celebrity crush. Ooh, gosh, there was a lot in like <laughs> elementary school. I was so boy crazy. So okay. it was like the Backstreet Boys, Leonardo DiCaprio, probably one of them. All the standard ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. Favorite movie? I mean, just silly, stupid, funny stuff like Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, that Night at the Roxbury. I love that kind of humor. So you're a Saturday Night Live fan is what you're saying. So what I'm hearing. I was. Yes, okay. I definitely was back okay. in the day. Perfect. Um, oh, no, I can't do that one. Can't do that question. Sorry. <laughs> that one's that's politics. We don't do politics on the show, people. I'm sorry. I, I feel you. That's smart. Um. Can we touch? Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, last question: Climb a mountain or jump out of an airplane? Oh gosh, neither. You gotta that choose one. Awful. Gotta choose one. Probably climbing then. Okay. Climbing. Here we mountain. go. All right, you passed the lightning round. There we go. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well, Sarah. Um that's the end of our show. I really appreciate you being on. Um, it was a great time talking with you. I just really want people to kind of know about your program because I think it's such a value, valuable part of our community. Um, and if people want to get involved or people want to look you up, how can they find you? Uh, they can definitely go to our website, which is www.theusualartspecs.com. We're also on Instagram as The Usual Art Specs, DFW, and Facebook as The Usual Art Specs. Perfect. Well, Sarah, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will see you around at the various chamber activities. Um, all you listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please check out the usual aspects. They're a great group. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time and we'll talk soon. Take care.